Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Are your money back? Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Welcome back to Speed Street. Very special edition of Speed Street. Connor Daly is currently in the dick pit there at Dirty Mo Media uh, Productions. And he's got the real fancy setup. He is looking good for our YouTube viewers. This is going to be one of the ones you definitely want to watch on YouTube because Connor, like I said, is in the dick pit. Ben is there as well. Um, take that what you will, two guys hanging out in the dick pit. And uh, But we are back again on Speed Street. I'm just in Indianapolis. We are excited to be here. Week before Thanksgiving, we're heading into the holidays. Ooh. It is snowing in Indianapolis. <laughs> we have a bunch of racing talk to get into. Formula One over the weekend and wrapping up with NASCAR, obviously. Some news in IndyCar. We have uh, audience questions that we're going to get into. So full show, a great one. Super excited about it. I'm Joey Molinaro. And of course, Connor Daly with me as well. How you hanging, my brother? Well, uh, I'm I'm staring down the barrel of a couple cameras, so this is much different from my normal setup of my uh, 2016 MacBook Pro at the house. Yeah. Um, so it feels good. Uh, feels good to be in this very professional environment um, in Charlotte for many many days of simulating uh, for the IndyCar program. Uh, we've just come off two days in a row on the simulator. Uh, my brain is about half melted, uh, and I have one more day tomorrow before I can finally go home. So we're working on a lot. Trying to get our program, uh, you know, up to the upper echelons of success and happiness, um, and that starts with the off-season grind. So we're we're working away on things um, a lot on the simulation side. Could be helpful. We hope it's helpful. Uh, but either way, once I get home tomorrow night after the sim, though Thursday night, I don't go anywhere for a while. So I don't know what to do with my life other than record Speed Street episodes. So uh, I'm very, very excited. Wow, for the home next for the holidays. Home for the holidays, unless I decide to go somewhere. But uh, I might just stay in Indianapolis and watch a lot of football and, I don't know, have Christmas coffees and Thanksgiving stuffings. Are you, is, is your lady, what's, where do we stand? Are we doing Thanksgiving holidays together with the lady? What's going on? Well, I wish, but uh, she has a lot of things to do on the work front in L.A., so she's going to do okay. her thing out there, and then I'm going to see her in Ireland when we go to Ireland in, in December, which is going to be a great time. So we're very, very excited cool. about doing that, and uh, yeah, just all kinds of happiness coming up in the future. It's going to be very, very exciting, Joey. That's awesome, man. I haven't, um, you know, I haven't seen that many uh, selfie, sim, uh, sim, sim selfies. 
you, you've kind of you've kind of cooled it off on that. I feel like. Well, I didn't go selfie. I just decided to do steering wheel. I'm just uh, two days in a row. I'm going to post a picture of the steering wheel, and I'm going to add a song now for every every picture of the steering wheel. So tomorrow there will be another picture of the steering wheel. Please tweet me or Instagram me if you have song suggestions to put on there. Uh, very very excited about it. Um, just to get work done, and then. One thing that I think is very, very exciting that we need to talk about right out the gate, Joey. Um, you were on a very popular television show over the weekend. Uh, I did, I was not aware of this happening. Uh, and then when I saw you post it on the internet, I was like, that is very cool. It's not like you were on, you know, a, 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 a streaming platform show that was... You know that that might be viewed by forty-five to seventy-five people. You were not on some, you know, YouTube short like this was a real television show that many, many people over many, many years have watched, myself included. Uh, you were on Family Guy, uh, and let's be honest, that's pretty cool. Uh, I I want to know how that even happened. First of all, because now, I mean, you were already the more famous host of this show. Now it's even uh, tenfold that. So I want to hear the explanation of how this happened and what was your first reaction to any person who said, hey, man, do you want to be on Family Guy? Yeah, dude, it was a very, very exciting weekend. I did, um, you know, as, as these things happen, right? Like, you, you, you know, you kind of have to keep it on the keep it on the low, you know, keep it under wraps a little bit. Keep it out um, of the streets. Just because. Yeah, you don't know, you know, what's going to end up on the cutting floor. You don't know if, you know, you 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 say what episode you're in or something, and then they're like, "Ah, oh, we got to cut you now." You, you just don't know. So I I kept it under wraps, um, but I was in this past Sunday's episode of Family Guy, uh, just a cameo. Um, I voiced Owen Wilson um, in a scene uh, on this episode of Family Guy, and so if you want to check it out, it's um, on Hulu. They replay it there. Uh, it's very brief. I'll admit it. It was yeah. two words, but it was awesome. Um, two more so words than I've got on Family on Guy. <laughs> yeah, I uh, voiced it on there, and I got the I got the credit. You know, at the end, my my name was in the the blue font, which was super cool. Like you said, I've I've been watching that show since probably way earlier than I should have been. You know, <laughs> with how inappropriate it can be, but everybody would sneak some Family Guy. You know, um, so really, how it came about is I have become. Um, Kind of, you know, pals, I'd say social media friends for sure uh, with one of the executive producers for Family Guy. His name is Alec Sulkin. Nice. Um, very, very funny man. Very hilarious. Uh, he's been working on Family Guy as a writer and executive producer and a voice guy for, I think, since it started. I mean, he's he's been one of the main guys. Um, and so, well, well to start, it, it, it <laughs> the episode aired on... Sunday in November of 2022, I recorded my part in October of 2021. <laughs> wow. So I've been sitting on this for over a year because that's how far in advance they work. That's impressive. Um, right. Now, did, so, they, did they have to get Owen Wil real Owen Wilson's approval to use fake Owen Wilson? <laughs> no. With, okay. With, with, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think so. Um, but I think they're, un I think under the, the laws of parody and satire, uh, you know, Anything here in the great US of A, you can do those kind of things and make fun of public <laughs> figures. And so they're, I think they're, they're, they're good there. Otherwise I, I probably just wouldn't have a job at all because that's, you know, pretty much all I do. Yeah. Um, Fair. So, so the exec, so yeah, so the executive producer, so Alec reached out to me and like, 
I don't know, August or September of 2021. And he was like, Hey man, um, you know, working on, on this episode of family guy, wanted to see if you had any interest in voicing Owen Wilson for us. And I was like, are you kidding me? I, yes. Where, when, like, I want to do it now. Million. Percent. Um, yeah. And so he, he, he reached out and we, we worked it up together and, um, it was, it was a process, man. It was because it was interesting because like, you know, I'm an indie and they do all their work in LA. And so they had to find a studio that met their recording like quality, um, in Indianapolis for me to go record at. Then I went and did that. I went to that studio in Indy and they had like an iPad set up in front of me and like the showrunner, the director, the writer, and like I, one of the executive producers was all on this zoom call with me in the studio. And they were like, you know, we chatted for a little bit and they're like, all right. Um, I had the script and everything, had my name on it. It was super cool. And uh, they're like, all right, yeah, let's let it rip. And so I just did like six or seven takes of Owen Wilson saying, <laughs> oh, wow. And that was it. And so Easy. I've been sitting on it for over a year and uh, it came out on Sunday and it was, it was a very, uh, it was a dream come true. Really. It, it was, it was, a, it was a very big uh, career mark for me. That's really cool, man. I mean, what a, what a cool th- I mean first of all the fact that they're that far ahead of the game in like getting things ready recorded having episodes teed up whatever it is crazy uh, very fascinating I mean that whole industry to me is fascinating honestly the whole you know TV television production movie production oh, yeah. everything like that um because it's like Top Gun Maverick was was filmed in like 2019 or 20 and was going to be released in 2020 they held on to it for like 2 years oh and, yeah and I was like Dude, that's that, that- how dare you ha- ha- how, like keep that away from me? Like it's my favorite movie of all time. I had to wait it two was more worth- years. <laughs> right. Hey, on both ends, it was worth the wait. I'd say, and it was funny because when I was in the studio getting ready to record, or maybe after I recorded, you know, I got those four people on the call with me, and I'm like, all right, so, um, you know. I know you probably can't tell me too much, but like, is this Aaron like next month or something? They were like, Oh no. I was like, uh, what do you mean? They're like, yeah, this won't be until like next year. Probably. I was like, Oh, "Oh, okay. Well, sounds good. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it it was a a super cool, super unique, uh, super exciting experience. Um, the, the, the pay for the pay for per word quota was pretty unreal. Um, (laughs) I love that. Hope to continue that uh, level. You know what I mean. And, well, let's be uh, honest. A show like that, it's it's probably got a solid budget. I mean, when you've been running for literally ever since I've been alive, I feel like that's you know it's it, you should have a decent budget and yeah, pay the man. You know what I mean? Like pay this pay this talented man what he deserves. We respect that. Uh, I, I'm that's very happy for you, Joe. I mean, you got a kid now to provide for. Let's just keep that going. We need to we need to yeah. we need to keep it going. We got to put him in college. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, dude, absolutely. Or or in a racing program. Or in a race. wow, racing ain't was... cheap. <laughs> Go easy racing on that one. Racing ain't cheap. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Man, well, that's I, what everyone tells me. Yeah, I think. And and speaking of not cheap sports, Formula One was racing over the weekend. Uh, very there we go. Exciting race. I know you didn't watch a second of it, uh, which is totally fine. I did because I don't know what else I was doing. Oh yeah, I was at Marco Andretti's house. We were at a uh, wedding over the weekend. Um, that was really fun. It was a good time. I uh, had a great time with Marco, Alex Rossi. Uh, got to catch up with all those guys. Um, 
wonderful weekend of 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 Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Uh, enjoyed it all. Our friend Keaton got married. Incredible guy. Um, but yeah, Formula One. Honestly, a, a weekend of stories in Formula One. And again, if you're new to this show, we like to cover all motorsport because we we're race fans. And and being a race fan means that you can watch all racing. Doesn't matter if it's on the dirt. Doesn't matter if it's on the pavement. Doesn't matter if it's a bunch of rich foreigners in uh, in Formula One cars. You know what I mean? Like we're we like we like to support all of it. And I was it was an emotionally an emotionally cool weekend because we got to see a wild story in qualifying. Now, if you're not familiar with the Brazil Formula One track, there's usually lots of crazy weather. There's there's weather, rain. There's always crazy rain races there. There's there's weather that can come in at any point. Um, and we had one of those sessions in qualifying. We had a, uh, you know, a very, very sketchy, you know, rain, but not rain. And then it started raining again. And this was, again, qualifying for the sprint race because for some reason F1 decided to introduce sprint races this year, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still the only qualifying session. So the pole, qualifying on the pole, still means a lot. Um, and to bring people up to speed, uh, Kevin Magnuson ended up on the pole and Kevin Magnuson was an IndyCar driver. To bring this back all full circle to how we love IndyCar, um, I remember walking to the grid with Kevin Magnuson, who had who was subbing uh, for Felix Rosenquist, I believe, in the McLaren uh, IndyCar, the number seven car, uh, because Felix had gotten injured um, at Detroit after that big big accident where his throttles stuck and he ended up over big in the wall. Um, and Kevin Magnuson had already been out of Formula One. Uh, you know, he had been with Haas. Uh, he had been out of Formula One, um, and so he was giving IndyCar a try. He had tested with Ganassi, and, you know, again, uh, Road America, difficult track for me. I qualified at the back. So did Kevin. I think we started right alongside each other. And uh, great guy, though. Had a great chat with him. Um, but how fascinating is that that we see, you know, a, a, a guy who recently, like literally, again, within the last two years, has has been in an IndyCar race is now on pole for the Formula One race. You know what I mean? And and I, I think it's such a cool thing for IndyCar to be able to say, like, we, our series is for sure the most, like, the most diverse series when it comes to where have our drivers gone, where have they been, and now we're all here. You know what I mean? And, and I, I think it's, I was really happy for him because, again, he kind of, like we're proud of him, you know what I mean? Like that, I, I think he's a good driver. Again, he's struggling in his first IndyCar race. It's hard. What we're doing is really hard, and he's a pole sitter, Formula One race now. Um, very, very emotional. When you watch racing, right? Like, and you see that emotional story. Like, if you see someone who just won their first race or who got their first pole, you know, like when I got my first pole in IndyCar, I was jumping around like crazy, screaming and yelling and shouting, and like people love to yep. see that emotion, and I love to see that because Haas, really. Not a great team, you know what I mean? Like they, I, I mean, I don't like Gunter Steiner. We all know that, but but they have not been on pole ever before. They have not, they have not had very successful results. So to see the excitement in that garage, because again, it's it's all the crew members that put in the hours and hours of work. And in Formula One, you know, you really probably don't have much of a chance to win unless you're those top three teams. And to see that and the emotion and like people, you know, crying and happy. I like that. You know what I mean? It's like it's like seeing like I I I compare it to like seeing a rookie quarterback get his first win or something like that or or, or someone you know anyone in 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 any sport 
as a as a rookie or as someone who has struggled with things for years, who has not had the success, they get that bit of success. I mean, doesn't that insp- like that? Is that something that you see, Joey, where you're like, hey, that makes me like I'm I'm excited about that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm an emotional guy, maybe I don't know, but like I like seeing something that pulls at my hey that like my feel good strings. You know what I mean? Like I like that. Yeah, man. Everybody loves that, and I think you know, like you're talking about how. You know, Magnuson's been a bunch of different places, right? He's been in IndyCar, been Formula One, right? I, and, and I think for me, definitely, we all know my stance on on, on Formula One and whatnot. <laughs> but for me, when you see someone like that come over and not just talk about IndyCar from a distance and, and actually throw themselves in it and, and, and then be able to speak on it, that just, you know, tip of the cap, much respect to him for that because – now it's like, okay, you, you, you have that experience. You haven't just sat there on your throne, you know, overseas and, you know, put your nose down at, at us over here. Uh, you've been a part of it and, 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 and I have respect for you for that. So super cool to see. And anybody who does a little bit of both dips a toe in IndyCar can, can go back and be in formula one. I think it's super great. Much respect. Yeah. And you know what I find very interesting Life has a very wild way of working out, right? Like, it, it, one moment in your career could completely take you hard right one direction or hard left another. If if Kevin does not get that opportunity to go back to Formula One with Haas because of the whole, you know, Nikita Mazepin, he's a scumbag type scenario. Russia started bombing everyone, so they kicked him out of Formula One. That's not great. You know what I mean? So... Kevin gets that opportunity to get back in Formula One. He might have been an IndyCar driver full time. You know what I mean? Like I think he had a great yeah. interest in going to Formula One. He was testing with teams. You know, I remember him testing with Ganassi at Sebring. We were all there, um, and I find that fascinating because now that pole position. I mean, he might have secured himself a seat with Haas for the next four or five years. You know what I mean? Like doing sure. something like that. Um, you know, the first pole for that team. You know, Gene Haas, I'm sure, is super pumped. Uh, their new sponsor that they have, MoneyGram or whatever, I'm sure is super pumped. Like, hey, that's a big deal. To get a pole in Formula One is a big deal. So, you know, he might have literally been on the verge of having starting his career in IndyCar to now being in Formula One for another four or five years. So really, really interesting session there for qualifying. Um, and obviously with the way that works out, you know, he's on pole for the sprint race. He's not in the superior car because when it dries out, you know, everyone else is going to be faster. You're going to have the Red Bulls. You're going to have the Mercedes. You're going to have the Ferraris. So, you know, he finishes eighth in the sprint race, which is fine. That's, you know, not not too bad. Um, but then we get to the race, and poor guy gets wrecked in the first lap. <laughs> like, of course. Man, what an emotional roller coaster. We hold get on the to that pole, pole, brother. Yeah, just hold on to that little pole award, <laughs> just like I hold on to mine. It's like it's one of those things that's uh, you feel bad for him. But in the end... It's not his fault, right? You get if sometimes you get wrecked by someone that sucks. It's happened to all of us before, but boy, you still get to go home with a trophy, and that's pretty cool. So I think I think he can he can still rest easy. Uh, sometimes getting wrecked by someone else sucks, um, but uh, but after that, the race itself, uh, very very fascinating event because you had guys getting penalties, you had people hitting each other, Max hitting Lewis. Uh, Max literally drove directly into the side of Lewis. Did Lewis give him enough room? I don't know. If you're a member of F1 Twitter, I'm sure everyone will have pretty stout opinions on uh, on what's sure. going on there. Team um, Max and Team Lewis, I'm sure. Team Max, Team Lewis, there's a lot of that. Um, 
you know, really interesting, you know, Team Max, Team Checo, Sergio Perez at the end. You know, you had the potential for Max to let him by to maybe get an extra point to help him with the championship. You had the Ferrari drivers. Charles Leclerc was asking his teammate to move over. Part of this race that I did not enjoy was all of the teams requesting their drivers to move over for each other. Now, I, I don't I don't I don't like that. It's a very there's a lot more politics in Formula One. There's a lot more money in Formula One. And if you were watching a race, Joey, being the experienced race fan that you are now, we're not we're not going with new race <laughs> fan. You're an experienced race fan. And Ben, I want to get your opinion on this too, because again, we're a racing show. And this is definitely something that we would probably not see in NASCAR or IndyCar. We definitely don't see it in NASCAR because we saw teammates absolutely wreck the crap out of each other at Martinsville, the Xfinity Series. And so, you know, and and that could have been an easy team order situation, right? Be like, hey, Ty, like, let's, you know, let's uh, help our teammate here. We can have two cars in the final race for the championship, probably more money for the team, more money for everyone. Um, but that didn't happen. So I think this happens a lot more in Formula One. And, and, I, and I, Joey, what do you think about in motorsport when you've got two people competing out there, racing a very selfish sport, but do you like the idea of having someone just move over to help the other guy? I, I don't like that, honestly. I mean, now if I was a driver, I'd want it, of course. Hey, give me that. I want all the points. But right. as, as, as yeah. someone, as an outside, you know, as, as a supporter of the sport, how does that feel for you? You know, it you can fall a few different ways here because, you know, I kind of think of it as like, you know, in football, like if the weather's really shitty, you got to just kind of deal with the elements, right? Even if you're a fly high flying offense, like the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, even if Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T Higgins uh, and Joe Mixon are going out there and, and they can't just be like, ah, well, you know what? Um, it's really, really cold. There's a lot of wind. It's snowing. This is really going to affect our performance. We're going to move this game to tomorrow until it's a little bit drier, maybe a little bit warmer, right? Like <laughs> there's the elements that I feel like you got to have to deal with, right? Like when you're racing, you got to, you, you, you got to get around people, right? You got to yes. pass people. You got to be first, right? Yep. But then at the same time, on the other hand, when you look at it, it's like, okay, kind of going with that same analogy with football, like you give uh, you give the two teams in the Super Bowl a bye week in between the championship and the Super Bowl to hopefully let them, you know, rest up, get yes. healthy. That way you have the, the, the whole best product, best on best going for the Super Bowl, right? So Absolutely. then you look at it and it's like in racing. Okay. If, if the guy's slow, if he's holding up the pack, if he's making it to where we don't get best on best and move it, move the hell out of the way a little bit and let's, let's, let, let's, let's go racing. So <laughs> I can see it both sides. I, I, I honestly, right now, as I said, I don't know how I feel because I haven't been in a situation where, you know, one of my drivers or, you know what I mean? Like yeah, where, where yeah. I had to be like, what, get the hell out of the way. Let's, let's go. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, I, I know that like when talking to like Paddle Award back in May, he's very much so like, get, get the hell out of the way. If you're oh, not yeah. at the front, get the hell out of the way. It should just be a courteous thing, you know? So what about you? Well, I mean, I think in IndyCar, we, when I look at my teammate, right? Like, I think there are several things that, 
Um, we understand that there are different strategies in IndyCar, more so than in Formula One. And honestly, the difference between IndyCar and Formula One is that the fact, like in, in Formula One, if you're on a different tire strategy, because they don't have fuel strategies, right? They just fill it up and they and they race yeah. and they're just tire strategy. So if someone's on a different tire strategy, it's 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 very simple usually because of the DRS that they have to pass, which is again the the rear wing opens up for their car on the straights and they can gain like 15 miles an hour, something absurd uh, to help overtake. And so if if a car is trying to go long on strategy and the teammate catches him, it's not going to be hard for that teammate to pass, right? Whereas like in our situation in IndyCar, sometimes like our tires, Firestone tires are good enough to where like if we're saving fuel and you know our teammate isn't, it still might be difficult for them to pass us if we're good at saving fuel and being defensive at the same time. So, you know, I think we have that mutual respect. I think there has been several times where I hear on my radio, like, hey, that's your teammate behind you. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm aware of that. And yeah. I, I would say that I would like to consider myself a good teammate because, again, I am a – I've always been, I feel like, too nice of a guy, in, certainly in life and in motorsport. But – I hope that at some point that like comes back and 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 helps me out. You know what I mean? Because I think there have been a couple times sure. where Renus, karma. well, yeah, where Renus has been a good teammate to me, and and so has Ed. You know what I mean? So I like to repay that. Uh, you know, Ed has Ed especially has actually been always really good. Certainly at Iowa, he's helped me out. Uh, St. Louis helped us out there, um, and and I know at Indy, you know, it's a little bit different at Indy. It's a different different place, different style of racing, but. Um, but I, I think you have that with your teammate. So I, I don't necessarily like, let's say if they were, you know, if, if there was a championship battle and for some reason I wasn't involved or was, and we're at the last race and I'm, and I'm about to win and they like need me to like, let him buy to win the championship. I don't think I'm doing that. Because, like, if I'm trying to fight for my first win or even any win after spending years trying to fight for wins, I don't think I would be super thrilled with doing that. You know what I mean? But that's now, what are the repercussions there? I mean, like, what does that thing. look like? Is that I don't know, right? Like, I, I think at the time you'd have to be like, I understand, but I'm sure there's going to be some salty humans, right? So, so, so we'll see. I, I, I like the idea of, you know, race, just go for it, race each other, race each other respectfully. Um, but like Ben, as someone who is, you know, you're also a race fan. We know you're an experienced race fan. What do you think of it? I mean, you, you've watched some Formula One before. Is it, did you find what Max did to Sergio a bit? Mm, yikes. That's not great. And then Carlos to Carlos to Charles, you can't give up an F1 podium. It's so awesome to be on the F1 podium. It's a meaningful thing. What do you think? One thing I wanted to ask you is... Sergio going over to Red Bull from Racing Point slash Force India slash mm. WT, whatever all those it was teams, called, yeah. all the pink, <laughs> a lot of pink. Um, him going over there, is there an expectation that obviously he's going to be the second driver to Max Verstappen? There's no way they're going to put him over Max in any situation unless the points are just that big of a spread. Is the expectation for Sergio to let Max, no matter what, is that going to be established right when he goes to the team, if you even have an idea when it comes to team orders? Because it seems like... Unless he's ahead and Max has an issue, like he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt with that. It's very, it's a fascinating thing because again, we don't have that in IndyCar, right? Like I think 
there are a lot of people, and I actually had a young driver. I was talking to um, this young driver from F2 who was asking about IndyCar and stuff like that, and he was asking about you know Indy Lights, and he's like, well, I, I want to be the number one driver at that team. And I was like, I'm not going to lie, man. I don't, I don't think it's really as much like that. There's a, there's a thought in your mind here in the, in, in the States. Like, when I was in Indy Lights, you're like, oh, I hope I get you know, the, the best stuff. But I was on a team with Joseph Newgarden, Esteban Guerrero, like two really good guys that were like, you know, could also win the championship. And how does Ganassi say they have a number one driver? Well, they have Scott Dixon, so that's obviously number one. But like all those guys are like potentially able to win races. You know what I mean? So I don't think that that happens as much over here. You ha- you see Penske with, you know, several, you know, all three drivers almost with the ability to win a championship. Um, so the sad part about Formula One is Checo for sure is number two, right? Sergio Perez for sure number two driver. Max is obviously the guy, um, but every team has to have two drivers, right? So you have some of that support, and I, I, I think now I like Max a lot. He's been a good friend of mine for a long time. He's been he's always been really cool to me. Um, but what I think he did there for Sergio was definitely not awesome. I, I'm, I'm I'm a little bit like, hey, you know what? I understand that for some reason he was thinking back to, and I don't even remember this, but like apparently Sergio purposely crashed in qualifying. I was going to ask you about that because he mentioned that in an interview and it kind of came out later that he's like, he purposely (laughs) wrecked in qualifying. I'm like, is that really something you're going to bring up after you've already clinched the championship? Like that's still on your mind or is that just the type of guy that Max is? And Sergio helped Max so much to win his first championship. He even said that. He's like, said it. He's yeah. like, I, I'm the reason you won a second championship. Or yeah. you won F2 if I weren't here. I was like, ooh. And, like, the radio message during the final race of the season, last year, Max Verstappen, oh, tell Checo he's the best or he's awesome. And I was like, wow, how quickly yeah. we forget these things. Yep. You know what I mean? It, 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 was, it was fascinating. So, yes, there is a number one and number two driver, um, which is a shame. Now, it doesn't seem like that as much in Ferrari, which I like. You know what I mean? Like, there wasn't a big argument there. It's like, hey, you know, everyone's fighting for, you know, track position. And honestly, Mercedes, it seems like both of those guys are pretty even. You know, to see George Russell get the win, his first win, again, two kind of emotional stories, I would say, during that weekend is Mercedes finally winning a race, Kevin Magnuson on the pole. I think there was a lot of great things for Formula One that weekend. So good for them. Uh, they're the only ones that are still racing, so realistically, that's the only like happening stuff we can talk about. Um, but I, I just I thought it was it was a cool weekend to see the results. It was cool to see you know some drama, some some all kind all kinds of different things. Um, you know, as they wind down their season, they've got one round left. Obviously, Max, you know, Max is just partying every weekend because he's already won the championship, which is kind of nice. Like, imagine Joey. Let's say you win the Super Bowl week 14 and you're just still playing three games out. Like, is that kind of wild? Like, what a wild wild thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you could just have guys showing up completely hungover, like, well, I guess we're going to throw the ball this week. I don't know. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And as a fan, so like, as, as you know, obviously Max has a lot of fans, shit ton of fans. Like, what, what are they? experiencing right now are they celebrating too are they like just chilling i mean what's going on in their head i don't know i find it a fascinating i find it a fascinating situation because you've got like they tune it into these races even though the championship's secure i mean I, it, it, it's it's a very weird thing yeah it, it is i i don't like it that it can be clinched that early because imagine you know we had so much drama in the indycar championship we had so much drama in the nascar cup series championship obviously always yep. going down to the last round but i i guess well, for lucky Formula One, they have 
things to talk about, like Kevin Magnuson getting pole, like George Russell winning a race. And, you know, who knows? I think something that they're focusing on is this is the first season, I think, ever that Lewis Hamilton hasn't won a race. So, like, that's a big deal for them story-wise because, like, he has one more race to try to get a win to keep his record going of winning a race every season, which is, again, that's it. I mean, to be honest, that's an interesting story for me to follow. Like, I kind of want to see that keep going. I think it would be cool to see Lewis win to keep that that streak alive. But if if he doesn't win, I want to see someone else win. I don't want to see Max win. I don't want to see uh, any – well, I mean, to be honest, I like both of the Ferrari guys, so, like, I wouldn't mind seeing that man. I just don't want to see Max win because he's already won everything. So let someone else have a celebration moment. Let someone else enjoy the spoils of victory – because Max is champion of the world. He's making, you know, $200 million or something of half a billion dollars, something insane. Um, so, yeah, let someone else uh, enjoy the uh, the spoils of victory. Has he already go. gotten the win record, or is that something that— In a season? To, yeah, because I know he, they were talking about that in the conversation, oh, right? Oh, I think he has. I think he already did, yeah. But, honestly, I'm not a fact checker, right. so who knows? <laughs> 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 who knows? Um Anyway, Formula One, that was cool. Uh, for all those folks who love Formula One um, or who are new to Formula One, we, we, we like making sure we just get you up to speed. And, and, and we want to we wanna keep that going. We love motor racing. So uh, other love news. Speed on speed street, we love the speed yeah. on speed street. Exactly. Um, some interesting news out of our camp, out of the Ed Carpenter Racing Stable uh, this week, yeah. which, I, which I found out um, – via an Instagram post yesterday on the simulator. I'm sitting on the simulator literally waiting to do a run, and I see this driver announcement from the ECR, <laughs> ECR uh, social, and I was like, huh, is someone getting replaced? <laughs> I was like, I didn't know what was going on for a second. And then I had realized that Ed had sent out an email to me and Renus like 20 minutes earlier, but I don't get like those email pop-up notifications, so I checked it like two hours later, and he was like, hey, guys, like, this is happening. I was like, all right, cool. So uh, I guess we have a development driver now, uh, Josh Pearson, who I uh, I do not know much about, um, but he's a young kid, 16 years old. And from the looks of it, he's probably already done like way more racing than I've done. He's done like uh, World Endurance Championship stuff, sports car racing. He's going to do Indy Lights. Um, and good for him. I actually, I, I like this. I think IndyCar teams need more of this. I think if if there's a development driver role like Formula One teams have, you know, Formula One teams, almost all of them have a young driver program. They've got a system where they have people on their roster. They give them the cool shirts and the cool suits and stuff like that. I think that as as a young as a one time young driver <laughs> many years ago, um, I think it's cool. So so good for Josh Pearson and his family to be involved with with us and our team and. Um, you know, he has a goal of, of being an IndyCar, which is awesome. I, I'm a very much encourage, encourager of, of, you know, that next generation to get to IndyCar because I've, I've enjoyed my time in IndyCar and I hope to enjoy a lot more times. Um, but, uh, but yeah, cool for the team to have, you know, a young kid in the pipeline. Um, you know, he's going to go to Indy Lights, which is great because more and more drivers in Indy Lights is good for IndyCar. Um, so I, I think I met Josh at Portland last year. He was hanging around with us. I'm not going to lie. I don't remember that's on me, but good for Josh. Uh, I'm sure we'll see him at the races. Um, and yeah, that's an exciting thing. So, 
uh, follow along, follow Josh Pearson through his, uh, you know, through his Indy Lights um, stuff this this coming season. I think Indy Lights is going to be an exciting uh, deal. So we have a development driver now, Joey. Maybe we'll sign you up next year too. <laughs> Not me. Maybe we'll sign my your boy son. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, sign your son up to development years, Get it on right? a napkin. Twenty thirty eight. He's going to be an Indy car. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so is that like you know? Does that kind of signify business is doing well for ECR? I mean, when you have a development mental driver like that i mean what's the what's the status there so what i think that does is if if he tests like they they mentioned that there might be a test day for him to do in the indy car next year what i think that does help us with is it does get us an extra test day so indy car has this interesting rule i believe where if you run a rookie driver uh or or like an indy lights driver uh, you get an extra test day so again that's helpful for us as a group um so i think that's a smart move by ed to say hey look if we have a guy and we can get an extra test day um you know that could only help us as a team so um and you know we can and we can and since josh will be kind of in-house with us right he's going to be kind of experiencing what our engineering department is like. Maybe we can have him look for certain things that we're trying to get out of the car. Um, and, and, and maybe that'll be helpful. So I think it's a, it's a smart move, uh, overall. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're all just trying to be better, right? So that this, this could be another uh, helpful step. Nice. Yeah, that's good. I like it. That's uh, exciting. Get young, young blood, fresh meat, you know, as they say, in. it's always good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, you, you stood out putting out a question out there for the listeners. Do you want to get into that? Yeah, sure. I think, um, I, I, and I want to do, I want to do some questions, but I also want to get into maybe some bold, bold predictions from us for next year. I think it would be kind of interesting to do something where, look, the season has essentially just finished, right? It's very fresh. Um, maybe not even all the drivers have been announced for next year, but like, Coming off of this season, I want to see who emotionally we think is going to do well next year, who has a fire inside after maybe getting, uh, you know, missing it by a little bit next year. You know what I mean? And I think it would be cool to say, let's predict the top three in the IndyCar Championship, and maybe let's predict the final four in the NASCAR Cup Championship. Who knows? The, the, the final four. So have a think about that. We'll get to that after some questions. Um, but, yes, I, I think these are – our fans, our our supporters, they came up with some great questions, I would say, this week. And, Ben, I want to get you involved in this as well. Um, cool. I basically asked the people of the Instagrams, I asked, give us some debatable topics, some, some opinionated topics that may be from this year and as a whole, as we look back at it, that we could talk about. Um, and the first one that I see right out the gate, which is a good one, we talked about it a little bit, New Garden versus Grosjean at Nashville. And I think, again, we, we covered that a little bit, but for those who might be new to the show, Joey, I, I, I mean, I know you like that stuff, and I, and I know we yeah. know both of those guys. I mean, how do we feel about it? And, and also, how do we feel that that will look into next year? Man, I, you're right. I do love it, and I want more of that Joseph New Garden. We talked about it when it happened back in um, early August, I believe it was on our episode then, but, uh, to, to see Joseph be that way, not only on the track, but then afterwards 
when he was no holds bars, man, he, he, he told, I think Kevin Lee, how he was feeling about it. <laughs> and he had some pretty straight up words for anybody who had a problem with it. And then not only that, he doubled down on Twitter afterwards before Papa Pinsky could get, could get to him. I don't know. Maybe he was encouraging it, but I loved it. I think uh, when you got one of the faces, if not the face of IndyCar and Joseph Newgarden with his chiseled chin and his oh. blonde hair, like mine, <laughs> uh, being able to have that kind of personality, both online and in interviews and on the track, I think it's fantastic, man. I'm all for it. I agree completely. I, I uh, Ben, your 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 opinions on that? Anytime you get a Penske guy that gets riled up, I'm all for it. Yep. Because any of those guys, when they get fired up, maybe I haven't really seen Scott fired up. I'm sure you have. But oh yeah, I absolutely after a couple it. beers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love that. I, I I agree. We need about ten times more of that in the world. Um, another question right out the gate, which I think is a, is a great topic we've, we've talked about before, and it's very simple. Which driver would we like to see at the Indy 500 next year? Like, which which new driver do we want to see? I mean, I'll start right out the gate, which it seems like these these rumors have died down a little bit about Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson, which is a shame. Um, but either one of those guys, for sure. And I, I think, to, to generalize it, anyone from Formula One, anyone from NASCAR. Just, just bring them. Like it doesn't yeah. matter what it is. Um, I think it would be super exciting. Now, I don't think there's going to be anyone from Formula One, but let's just go wild and out here and be like Sebastian Vettel. He's retiring from Formula One. Bring him to the Indy 500. I love that idea. Yeah. <laughs> what I about mean, you? You covered it. You can't say much better. Like it's pretty simple. E- anybody from those two series, but I, I, I think I'm going to stick with Kyle Busch. Yep, I think that that would be um, entertaining as hell. I think he would be one of those guys, just like he does in NASCAR, to kind of come over, have two middle fingers out, wear the black hat, <laughs> kind of, if you will. And and I think it'd be hilarious. So if it's not somebody from Formula One, then I say Kyle Busch, get in a Chevy ride and come on over, brother. Yeah, and we just hope that he throat punches someone after the race or something like that. Like, let's just get get him in. <laughs> let's get in a scuffle after the event, and and uh, it'll make the Sports Center top ten. So that'd be perfect. <laughs> um, throat punch. Yeah, <laughs> a little throat punch. Classic mix up. Um, this is actually a good question as well from. Uh, I didn't mention people's names who were saying these because I, I find it hard to pronounce sometimes. But Jagu Outdoor says, uh, who do you want to see performing at the Iowa concerts next year? Great question because Iowa did a brilliant job. Hi, V. Thank you so much. I used the AirPods that you guys gave me. Really appreciate what you guys do for our sport. And uh, I love your gas station stores and everything that you guys have. So thank you, Hi, V. Uh, I... I mean, right out the gate, do we go with, you know, country music? Do we go with rock music? Give me three doors down, and I don't know. But I, I, want, I, want, I, want, I want three doors down, maybe Green Day. Maybe, like, let's get some punky Blink-182. Boom. There you go. I want Blink-182, nice. three doors down, and Green Day. Okay, I like it. I like it. I'm sticking. Okay, so I'll hop on there with yes. you. We can kind of have the old Venn diagrams where it's Venn like diagram. two over here, two over here, but then the middle, you agree, right? So Blink-182 will be in our middle of the Venn yep. diagram. Yep, yep. And then I'm going to go um, I'm gonna go Jack Harlow. Oh, good. Reach, yes. the younger, reach the younger audience a little bit. Super popular, super cool. If we can't get him in the Indy 500 with Drewski, those are my two dream guests next year. Bring him out to Iowa. Yep. And then, you know what? I'm going huge here. I'm going absolutely huge. 
just came out with an album. It's been all over oh. the news. Going on tour. Taylor Swift, come oh. on down. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Get her in the cornfields. <laughs> as long as Ticketmaster isn't doing anything with the tickets. Well, we don't want them to be selling our <laughs> no. tickets. Yeah, obviously. Uh, maybe 21. Can you do something for me? 21 Savage, right. Drake. Who knows? Maybe yep. we get a little Drake wow. there. I know. Maybe that we're... would be interesting. And Eminem. See, I want awesome. Eminem. I want, yes. Yeah. One I'm gonna throw in there. Oh yeah, is just okay. because he's they've te he's teased it for I think about a year. I've seen the TikToks of it. I want Post Malone, but I want him doing his country albums. Boom. He's working Ooh, on a country album. Yeah. Blink One Eight Two cool with. I'd probably throw because I'm a fanboy. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, RHCP so. at the at the Iowa uh, whatever we had the DoorDash 250 or whatever it was the IV deals 300. Um, so there you go, fans. We have an incredible lineup for the uh, the Iowa weekend next year. You heard it here first. Blink-182, Eminem, Post Malone, and Taylor Swift. They will all be there. The budget will only be $400 million, so it'll be fine. Uh, I love that we sorted that out for them. Worth um, it. Worth it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, there was a couple of questions here about Cole Custer going back to the Xfinity series. We obviously wanted to cover uh, the Ryan Priest announcement for, for SHR. Uh, Tony Stewart, good friend of mine. Uh, great, great human being, great driver. Uh, hit those. I, I, I gotta get. I gotta grab a charger. Hey, you get. You, you grab you, a charger. You, you That's fine. We're gonna right. hit these questions. <laughs> this is a live interlude from Joey Molinaro. Um, so I, I, I really like what Stuart Haas is doing now. Again, I like Cole Custer too. So like, I, I, I hate to see him get, um, not necessarily demoted because right now the Xfinity series is still a great racing series. You see guys like Justin Allgaier. You know, he, he's made an incredible career out of the Xfinity series, and I think there are a lot of drivers who, um, you know, are happy to be in that series. So I don't think it's a demotion. I think it gives him an opportunity, certainly when that team on the Xfinity side, to win races, uh, maybe even more consistently. Um, and Ryan Priest, honestly, I think a lot of people think he is really good, and I think so too. You know, he won truck races last this year, um, and, and I like that Tony – Apparently, like the story was that Tony, like Tony, wanted Ryan. Like he's he's a driver. Like he's a, he's a guy. We want him and 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 Chase Briscoe to be out there, both getting wins. So I, I like it a lot, um, and I think Cole will be successful in the Xfinity series. I really do. Are you surprised they didn't put anything together for him to go to like a Rick Ware with like a satellite team, or do you think Xfinity he's gonna have the best equipment, stay in house? Well, I mean, yeah, he's he, obviously Cole has a connection there to the the Stuart right, Haas team, right. and so you know to keep him in house, to keep him in the Xfinity series, I think it's a smart move. And honestly, I think he'd have way more fun doing that than potentially yeah. a satellite organization. Yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, so that's interesting. Um, I got a really interesting uh, question from one of my mechanics. Actually, no, <laughs> he said, "Worst teammate you have ever had in your career? Throw him under the bus." Wow. I don't think I can do that. I, I've had a How lot about of second teammates. worst. Because then, no, I've had, I've had a lot of teammates. I I don't think there's a worst. Just say me. No, you know what's funny? So I I actually this <laughs> I do know the worst teammate that I had, and it was my very first ever IndyCar Street Race at Long Beach, 2015, um, at Dale Coyne Racing. I was subbing for a driver that I got, uh, Rocky Moran Jr. Uh, I think, <laughs> and uh, he had broken his hand in practice. I got one practice session, went into qualifying, and my teammate was Francesco Draconi. Now, Draconi 
not known for a lot of great things. Uh, known for like hitting people in the pit lane and Tony the Jabroni. Yeah, a Draconi the Jabroni. And so again, he was never really like a bad guy to me, but just not a. I mean, just just kind of not the greatest. Teammate. Not a program guy, and not yeah, not a program guy. Um, and <laughs> didn't really have a lot to learn from him. You know, what I mean, usually you want to have good teammates that you can learn from. Didn't really learn a lot from this guy, other than to not hit my pit crew. So <laughs> that was probably it. Um, how many teams have cars just for the Indy 500? Wait, just for Indy versus using their 500 cars at other events? That's an interesting question, Andy Brumball. So. The Indy 500 is a unique event for us um, because of how how well the cars have to be prepared for every tenth of a mile an hour. Like we're we're talking so much so that you know we go to the wind tunnel to look for you know not one mile an hour. We want half a mile an hour. We want a quarter of a mile an hour speed uh, when it comes to qualifying. Because you saw this year, obviously cars were freaking flying, right? But uh-huh. some cars are able to go that fast. A little bit easier. I, I would say, like, if you pay real close attention, you could see that some of the Ganassi cars were very fast with more downforce than others that were not as fast. And now more downforce makes the cars a little bit easier to drive at that speed. Um, and some cars have to take away more downforce to get to that speed, which makes them harder to drive. So all, all the teams that have full-time cars... Like, let's say all 26 of the full-time entries, they will have separate Indy 500 cars for, for the race that have that will not get any racing. I mean, now some teams might be brave enough to run them at the Texas race before the 500, but I know we don't. Um, and I know that, uh, you know, when we decide... Didn't Harvey or Ferrucci for Harvey, didn't they, last year? I'm not entirely sure. but and, and again, maybe some of the teams that have, you know, more cars, three, four cars, whatever, they might run some of their Indy 500 cars and just hope they don't crash it. But you want to keep that Indy 500 car very, very nice and clean, nice Pristine. and fresh. You want the body fit to not get ruined. The body fit's super important. Um, so, yeah, so so most teams will have, you know, cars that are different, you know, different for the 500. You know, I'll give you an example of, of, of a time in my career where we did not have that. You know what I mean? I, when I did the 500 in 2018 um, for coin and and and. Uh, and then that whole situation, our first race with the Air Force, um, my Indy 500 car was raced at the Indy GP by Bourdais. So, like, it, it, it had already done a race. They basically just pulled all the road course bodywork off, uh, put, the, put the oval bodywork on, and wrapped it in a sticker. So that's not the most efficient way to do it, but sometimes that is how you have to do it. That is how some of these teams add a car. Uh, some of the teams that do add cars, like let's say, you know, Andretti might add a sixth or a twelfth or whatever, how many ever they, however many they run, um, they might use one of their road course cars. Um, but that's kind of how usually the the Indy 500 car scenario works out. So, on to another one. We already talked. We got questions about Verstappen being a good teammate. Um, one international track you would like. IndyCar to race at. Interesting from uh, Frank Tur forty two, um, international track right out the gate. You know it was interesting. Dale Junior brought up an interesting idea about NASCAR going to the Brands Hatch Indy Circuit in England. I think that would be a great idea. Honestly, I love that. Um, international track. We need to go to Spa. Let's go to Surfers Paradise in Australia, and we need to go to Mexico. Like I'm not gonna lie, and even Argentina. Hey, let's re- real quick. 
I know we put a lot of pressure on IndyCar and, and the marketing and the social media because we're fans. Let's give them credit where credit is due. Uh, a, a round of applause for the, um, the recognition they gave Yunkos Racing for what they did in Argentina. I think that was very, very cool. Uh, we definitely owe them a round of applause for, for tweeting about that, for putting that on the Internet, um, because there was like freaking 20,000 people watching one IndyCar drive around in Argentina. I mean, are you kidding me? That's more people Maybe than they several us, races. Man. That is more people than we had at the Texas race, like by a lot. Um, so we have to pay attention to these things. If, if, if they're willing, if they're, if they have a promoter, that's going to pay our series, the sanctioning fee to come down there, that's pay the teams to come down there and put on a race. I think it would be awesome. So, you know, we can easily make it happen. And a lot of people talk about, Oh, is it safe to travel to other countries? Yep. Uh, formula one does it every weekend. You know what I mean? So like we can, you know, we can, I think it would be cool to figure something out in Argentina. Um, it seemed like there was a lot of energy down there. So credit to IndyCar for for putting together some really cool stories, putting making sure that they they put that out there. Um, because again, I I don't think it's the the move that takes us to the stratosphere, but I do think it's an exciting move for those that participate in the IndyCar series and those that watch on TV that we could have some international races. Definitely, um, I agree. All right, so next one. Um, how big of a challenge are street circuits in IndyCar with no power steering? I'm going to tell you right now it's the hardest thing in the world, and they're the hardest cars to drive in the world, and I don't think you'd find anyone else that would argue that unless they don't know anything about racing. So that's what it is. <laughs> it's just it's it's crazy hard. Strong um, forearms. Strong everything, really. Um, so... I don't know what else, what else we got here. Um, debate. Give me something. Give me something. Debate. This is a debate. F1's new fans watch for drama slash glamour of the sport and not the racing. How do you branch the gap between that and get the eyes past Formula One, which I assume he means to like, how do we get those folks to watch IndyCar, or let's say maybe even NASCAR. Um, interesting question, and he wanted to remain anonymous, so maybe maybe he's in the game. I don't know. Maybe he's in the sport. Um, but I, I I think it is interesting because we've talked about the, the how many more fans that F1 has now. I even talked to dinner last night about the new F1 TV deal. Um, I, I, I think we get them attracted to more sports by just putting it in front of them make it easy to access you know what i mean make it like hey formula one race this morning i want to see some more motorsport what's on boom right there indycar nbc right there right there right it's right in front of your face it's an easy channel to find i promise um i think that's important it's it's just general knowledge just know that we are racing and and again i i think that's the most important thing um I mean, Joey, do you have anything to add to that on on how how we get those folks? Like, they watch for the glamour, they watch for how cool it is. I mean, when it comes to IndyCar, do you start with the Indy 500 and how cool that is, and then just go from there? Yeah, I, I mean, definitely highlight that, highlight the personalities, like we talk about. But I, I think the biggest thing, again, speaking from experience, from going from a new race fan to an experienced race fan, like we say, is having some sort of program some sort of giveaway, some sort of 
influencer led or driver led, if you can way like a package almost to be able to get these people um, at like the, the in-person experience, yes. you know what I mean? And, and be able to get them the, the, the in-person experience to see how cost effective it is, how insane it is, how cool it is, get them there to see how fast it is in person, how much driver access you get uh, the full weekend. Right. And, 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 and show them that it's like a, not even a third of what you would pay for a formula one weekend like that. Right. Oh um, yeah. Now the question would be how to get them interested in wanting to do that. That's where I think that like an influencer led type of thing, um, you know, I throw my set my my own hat in the ring. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, come come with Joey to any 500 qualifying weekend, and I'm almost like a tour guide, and I bring people around. And I, oh, here's Connor Daly. Hey, Jack Harvey, what's up? Hey, Alexander Rossi, what's happening? You racing Formula One now? You're an IndyCar. You know what I mean? Like, and there's there's plenty of other uh, others out there, right? But I mean, I think our conversation with Boston Scott last week. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's another thing that just shows like he's a professional athlete in the most popular league in the world. Well, definitely in America, yeah. but <laughs> one of in the world. I mean, we saw what they were doing in Germany last week. Holy hell. Huge. Like, the NFL is definitely worldwide. But my point being is that he plays for one of the top teams in the top, if not one of the top leagues, sports leagues in the world. And he was fascinated by IndyCar because he was there because he experienced it. And I, I think that's really, really, really important how to bridge that gap between just getting them there, not only having it in their face, which is important when it comes to the marketing, mm. the promotion on TV, on, on the internet, but again, having some sort of program, having some sort of giveaway, having some sort of athlete or influencer led thing to be able to get people on site, uh, That'd be grassroots for me, and I, I think that's important. Now, you brought up an interesting point, which I find, um, which I wanted to get to at some point. And this is a perfect, perfect way to 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 get into it is the cost of going to a Formula One race, right? The cost of doing that. I, we've seen recently some of these ticket packages for the Las Vegas race next year. People are talking about this Las Vegas race next year yeah. as if it is almost like you're going to go see Zeus compete against Thor like you're like it's some wild like you're gonna see the Greek gods competing against each other and we're gonna sell tickets for we don't care the price I mean the MGM grand I think is offering they're offering a ticket package or a, a, a I got weekend one for you right package. here yeah TV. it's a million dollars a million dollars this is this is what it is my buddy who is getting married next year he didn't realize that this race he's getting married in October he didn't realize that this race is in November but he <laughs> he sent it to us and he was like bachelor party and it's the win and they're selling a 1 million dollar package for the grand prix in Las Vegas it includes a four night stay in a two story room 24 hour butler service <laughs> a Jeroboam of Don Perignon Don Perignon what complimentary is that? spa golf <laughs> I don't know what a Jeroboam is. It's is, a it Jer- is that a measurement tool? Is that like a, is that a, is that like bigger than a quart? I don't know. It, what it's capitalized, mean? so it must be important. I don't know. A complimentary <laughs> spa and golf access, three-day paddock club access. The package covers six people. So six, one million divided by six. Quick calculator math here. Cheap. <laughs> For cheap. 
It's only a cool one hundred sixty-six thousand dollars per yeah. per guy. Now, the funniest part about that. Oh wow, they get paddock club access. You don't even get to go in the paddock like that. Like like the paddock club <laughs> is not the paddock. So all you get to do is have a cool lunch and like a breakfast and like you get to watch from a suite. I'm like, that is. I mean, I, I think to be honest. Maybe this event is going to make all the money back in year one, and they don't care about the future because once they make back the investment, because again, Vegas and whoever in Formula One, they're losing a ton of money by building this track. They're having to repave the entire city of Las Vegas, essentially. They're having to build stuff. And again, that's a big investment, right? So maybe with all the hype that they have around F1 right now, they are going to absolutely milk the crap out of that, and they're going to make all their money back in year one. And for the next year, they're like, well, we don't really care how many tickets we sell because we already made back our investment. So now it's just a profit. But the problem true. the problem with that is once they, if, if they get away with selling all these packages for millions of dollars, they're going to keep doing it because right. they're going to keep doing it until the demand goes down, right? And so I find it fascinating because hearing the prices of some things and seeing friends, I've even seen some friends that put on their Instagram story, just bought two tickets for the Las Vegas race, $8,000. I was like, I would never buy a ticket for anything. I don't care if it's Taylor Swift, Drake, Eminem, every, I, I mean, I don't care if it's every musical artist that is the best in the world. I don't think I'm paying for that. I mean, it, it's... It's insane because I don't know if the if the rewards or the what what you get to see is worth that much. Like it's cool to go to a Formula One race, but I'm gonna like I, I just I don't I don't know. So again, I hope that it's successful for all of motorsport in general. Um, but I find it just astounding that they are gonna charge and certain people are gonna charge. Like that's obviously the high end. Like we're talking, you know, there are a bunch of people in the world who have enough money to literally use it as a toilet. Um, but I, I mean I, for for the regular race fan, it just I don't think it's as appealing. I, I after year one. Maybe year one you go and you're like, hey, this is my Christmas gift to myself, my family, whatever it is, we're gonna go and we're gonna have a great time. But after year one, I I don't see it being sustainable. Yeah, I mean, Graham Rahal, when when all that was going on with Colton a few months ago, you know, Graham Rahal tweeted it, you know, it, it, it's not a sport for us. They, you know, they, they make that clear. It's an elite sport. It's a sport for movie stars, musical phenomenons, football team owners, old oil money, uh, you know, investment bankers off Wall Street, right? Like, it, it, yeah. You know, that just is what it is. And those prices reflect that, obviously. Whereas, you know, you look at, I'm looking at it right now for the Indy 500. You know, if you get a silver badge, you know, you're you're walking around pretty much everywhere. You can upgrade to be able to have the pre-race pit pass as well. And you can do all that for $1,500. Yeah. Right. But if you don't want to do that, it's like 500 for the whole month. Exactly. To be able to go wherever you want and, 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 and have all those experiences. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's. It's a fascinating thing to talk about, and I just it's it, it, it. And every week there seems to be more that comes out. And I actually have a good a good friend of mine, um, who was the team manager at Carlin's IndyCar team. Um, you know, when I was on pole with them and got to do races with them, uh, he's actually working at the event in in Australia or not Australia in in Las Vegas for um for for that. And so it's been interesting to hear from him as well. 
Um, so we'll we'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye. Maybe we'll give you some Groupon deals, or maybe there's going to be a you know a, a deal <laughs> on, you know, maybe there's a discount code somewhere. <laughs> Who knows? Um, I thought if there's any a- deals. I can assure you, me and Connor are going to take them. Sorry, guys. Well, I'm not, but we'll see. <laughs> Um, I, I thought this is a good question, and and is from Jensen Perkins. What are your top three favorite moments from all of motorsport this year? Um, great question. I will start out because I did get to look at this a little bit earlier, um, and and I don't know if I've narrowed it down to three, um, but I, I I mean you have to say Ross Chastain at Martinsville. I, I think there's there's no doubt that that is number one. That was the coolest thing I've ever seen, and just the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, and to dip into IndyCar, I, I I would say the Indy 500 was, I mean, just in general, the last sequence of laps. Although it ended under yellow, I, I think it was it was cool to see Marcus, a new winner of the Indy 500. Um, I, I I just I, I can't not say the Indy 500 because again, it felt very special to me to be a part of at the front of that race. Um, and then number three, I mean. I actually think seeing Kevin Magnuson get the pole in F1 was really cool. I I I I found an emotional connection to that. That was just, hey, I like that. I, I like to see an underdog story. Um, so that those are probably two two or well three three moments for me that were um, some of the biggest ones. Unless I'm missing, you know, missing some at the beginning of the year. Um, I think Joseph Newgarden passing Scott McLaughlin last lap of Texas was pretty cool. That was like a Hey, we got an exciting Texas finish, which we've needed. Um, yeah, there was a yeah, lot. So, I, yeah, I'd say my top three: Chase Briscoe winning at the beginning of the year. Love that as well. Um, I was, I was, that was on my list. Two would be that to the Texas race, but then obviously that last lap, uh, that last sequence there with New Garden and McLaughlin, and then um, yeah, one with just you know, like you said. With Indy 500, the performance you had, uh, the day that it was there, and then, um, I mean, that last sequence there as well when you had Pato and Marcus um, going for it in the last two laps before you got to that yellow. um, Tough to beat that. Ben? I'll go with all those. Honorable mention, Connor (laughs) Daly at the Roval. All right. Connor Daly at the Roval. Hey, he (laughs) sucked, but it'll be great. Uh, That's hilarious. And I'll give an honorable mention. Uh, Alex Rossi running Roman Grosjean off the road in mid-Ohio. Uh, love, to, love to see a little bit of tension there. Uh, a little bit of rubbing doors, rubbing fenders, get some angry team afterwards. Uh, we love to see all that chaos. Um, we had a lot of great questions here. I mean, I could keep going into more. I, I love talking to the folks. I, I think there's more that we can get to as we go through this season. So, well, the off season that is. Um, so if if you folks want to keep asking questions, keep firing them away to both of us, all of us on social media. Um, there's a lot on here, and and and, uh, and we appreciate that because it it creates cool stuff to talk about. We love talking about racing. Um, and you know, uh, one question that was interesting here that I wanted to get to before I get on, which was funny, and I don't know if you've seen this, Joey, but. There was a new e-scooter championship that launched this year. So essentially a bunch of birds and limes that people are racing around racetracks. My cousin being one of the racers. <laughs> My cousin, Nikki Daly, she drove for a road for Carlin in the e-scooter championship. And I thought it was kind of cool. I, I'm not going to lie. I've rode plenty of bird scooters. I've rode plenty of lime scooters in my life because I lived, you know, downtown Indianapolis. I like a little easy transport. Joey, how do you feel about scooter racing? Yeah, man. I thought that was just downtown Indianapolis after a Colts game. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't aware that... Uh... After a night at the tin <laughs> roof, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I wasn't aware that that was a thing. I thought, hey, you see those people driving around downtown Indy, they're all e-scooter champs, the way that they ride on those things. So good for your cousin, though, man. That's fantastic. Yeah, Hell Nikki yeah. finishing the top 10 in the e-scooter world championship, apparently. So we love to see those things. I was going to say, I hope your cousin wasn't the one that was in the clip of the bump and dump. I don't know if you Ooh. saw that. The two that like went together and just absolutely wiped each other out. No, she was not. But she did use a little scooter pit maneuver, I Ooh. believe, at one point. Got the lead, won a heat race, no big deal. Nikki Daly, superstar scooter racer. So I think that's fascinating. The whole thing is just, I mean, if people watch it, awesome. I love to see the internet clips on it because it does look funny seeing a bunch of people ride, race scooters. But again, I love racing. So if we're racing something, I'm going to watch it. So MotoGP is sweating right now. MotoGP is sweating. <laughs> I don't think they're sweating. <laughs> but again, if you haven't seen the e-scooter championship, definitely check it out. It's They've got great social clips. They've got great um, content to see. Nikki Daly rides for Carlin. Now there are two members of the Daly family who have been a part of the Carlin team, uh, which is really, really cool. So... Had to get a little bit of the e-scooter championship coverage in there because I think it was great. Um, that was, uh, yeah. We're I think we can wrap up with questions there. We've started. A, we've had a great episode. Um, Joey, is there any anything else you wanted to get to before we get into the uh, Ricky Treadway Random Indy Five Hundred Driver of the Week? No, bro. I think we're good. Um, definitely looking forward to next week's episode. Our our Thanksgiving. Uh, episode last year was a lot of fun yes and uh, yes. i'm sure we'll have a lot of good topics for next week as well we're gonna put uh, a lot of thought. questions a lot and of the, thought. the audience interaction that's fantastic so let's get to uh let's get to our guy yes next uh this, the thanksgiving episode we will come up with some clever holiday topics you can listen to the episodes as you're traveling to see family you can listen to the episodes as you're maybe sitting at the dinner table who knows maybe there's not a lot of chatter going on maybe you all know everything about each other and you would just want to listen to an episode of speed street who knows um, I like it. We uh, sitting here at the Dirty Mo uh, offices, the Dirty Mo HQ, looking at an incredible facility full of uh, NASCAR Xfinity excitement, um, or actually nothing because it's the off season. Uh, I <laughs> I asked, um, I just I said, hey, Jason, what uh, what year should we go with? I, I just I, I went with it, and uh, we went with 1978. We got a, a year suggestion, um, 1978. Now. This is the year that Al Unser won, a year that Al Unser won. And we have definitely mentioned drivers in this field before. Um, but I chose one that, again, I know this name, but it's an interesting story. And we're going to go with Spike Gelhausen. Spike Gelhausen or, or Gel Gelhausen. I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, American fella. Finished 29th. Um, and now Spike. Let me do go to the Wikipedia uh, arena. Spike tried to qualify for a lot of Indy 500s. Spike <laughs> was from 1976 to 1988. That's a lot of Indy 500s. And counting how many that he did not qualify for is tough. So 1977, qualifying crash, which means you don't make it. 1981, 1982, 1983, 1986, 1987, failed to qualify. So tough run for old Spike, and then in 1988, practice crash prevented him from qualifying. So again, hey, but you know what? 1980, our guy Spike started fourth. Yeah, but he finished 29th. That's okay though, because in 1979, started 31st, finished 10th, top 10 day for hey, our guy. Top hey 10 now. day. Yeah. 
So uh, what a what an interesting um, an interest. I mean, people. I think there are going to be many more drivers that we get into that we see this right. The Indy 500 back in the day, back in the 70s, 80s, there were so many people that tried to qualify, and it's so yeah. hard to qualify for the Indy 500. I mean, even now. Fernando Alonso didn't make the race, you know, and there's only a couple guys that don't make the race when we do have more than 33 cars. So, um, interesting, uh, an, an, an interesting history the Indy 500 has, and I find it fascinating. I love that we get to learn a little bit more about it every time. Uh, he had 79 career starts, um, including obviously the Indy 500 in 76 and then 78 through 80 and 84. Um, finished in the top 10 15 times with his best finish of fourth position in the 1980 race at Ontario. Uh, I don't know if that's Ontario, California, or Ontario, Canada. So who knows? But uh, really, really cool. Um, great to hey, learn I, more. Yeah, I, I, I got to give a shout-out. I mean, you love, you know, uh, his full name is Daniel William. There you uh, go. Gailhausen, and he went by Spike. But he's born in Jasper, Indiana. Jasper, so Indiana. you have an Indiana boy understanding and, and 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 honoring and seeing the importance of the Indianapolis 500 uh and so an Indiana boy trying his trying his damnedest man he's going for it 12 years and uh so I, you you love you love when anybody's coming to the Indy 500 to give it their go at it but especially when it's an Indiana born Indiana native you got to love it baby i absolutely we all, we obviously love that um very very cool so thank you everyone joey i will um I will let you take it take it out of here. I I, I think we had a great episode today, and yeah. um, I'm excited for next week as well. I got uh, yeah, I got a real Christmas tree this year, first time. We oh. just picked it up today, All so right. I'm nervous. Are I'm, you guys real Christmas tree folks, or you go with the fake? So we're fake because we like to go big, big Christmas tree. We like to have it up. Like my mom already has it up at her house, so like she's she's gonna have it up most of November, all of December, probably halfway into January. Um, yeah. that's just what we do. I mean, I love Christmas. I got my Christmas Starbucks this morning. Like I'm very, very excited about it. Can't wait to, you know, do, do some Christmas things with my lady, with my family, uh, all kinds of excitement coming up. It's going to be a great off season. We should do, we should do a speed street Christmas bar crawl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. That would be fun. The, uh, anybody, I don't, you know, I like, come along, uh, well, what, we could all wear Santa hats and it'd be a great time. What we they could do, scoot to and from what they do in Ireland is the 12 pubs of Christmas. So maybe we do the, the 12 pubs of Indianapolis for speed street. I love Who this. Knows? That'd be, that'd be great. We're going to have Tune to find in. some pubs, we'll but <laughs> we'll just start at the Oakmont and go from there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This has been a great episode. Like counter said, uh, be sure to give us a follow on socials at speed street pod, Instagram, Twitter, you know, the deal. Um, we'll have the video episode up on Dirty Mo Media the day after on YouTube. And uh, yeah, give us a rating. Give us a review. We're continuing this thing. You know how it is. We appreciate you as always. And we'll talk to you next week for Thanksgiving week on Speed Street. Big Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming, Dirty Mo. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. You're going to win it.